0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the study, we're doing called Meals for Jesus. And what we're doing is we're um, basically looking through the Gospel of Luke and we're looking at these meals that Jesus has, which run throughout the text. In effect, when you read Luke, uh, Jesus is either on his way to a meal, he's at a meal, or he's leaving a meal. And these meals are amazing. I said to you, they're a picture of the grace of God, because Jesus, fully God, fully man, will sit down and have a meal with anyone. The entire spectrum we see from the worst of the worst at the time, the tax collectors, all the way through the self-righteous Pharisees. If they invite him to a meal, Jesus will come, he'll sit, and he will have a meal with them. And um, he demonstrates the grace of God over and over again. And that this is an amazing picture of God um, and His willingness to reach out to people that are coming at Him from all sorts of uh, different places. And um, to me, it's, a, it's an extension. It's his, his ministry is always about, uh, you know, extending the kingdom of God to people, inviting them into the process. We'll see that again tonight, even though He's sitting with some Pharisees who uh, are going to judge Him. Uh, his his remarks to them are ones that that would lead them to repentance, uh, and and into the kingdom if they would but listen, and um, we see this throughout the journey on, on all ends of the spectrum. I always like how um, people are drawn to Jesus. Something to be aware of is that people were uh, they wanted to be around Jesus, and and so you know as his as you know his followers, that should still be the case today. Um, and and so that's always something we need to work on in our lives. And I've said, uh, you know, the one sort of little thing I've repeated every week is that before Jesus ever picked up the cross, he picked up a fork and things started changing. And um, that's just sort of the meal thing, and I hope to remember it. Now, last week... Um, we, I spent some time and, and Jesus was at a meal with Pharisees and scribes and I did, I, we talked about what both those groups are and where they come from, what they mean. We're going to have another meal with some Pharisees again this evening and uh, I think we'll take you a little further. And I, I said to you last week that it, it's very easy for us to sort of look at the Pharisees and just write them off as evil people, certainly by their actions. But we need to be cautious as we do that because the Pharisees started with good motive um, trying to protect Judaism from being, you know, changed by the culture. And, and yet rather than ultimately being and allowing themselves to be molded, um, their characters molded by their relationship with God, they just started putting rules on everything, uh, and like a rule for everything. And it, it didn't lead to a, a relationship. And, and it certainly didn't help them with their mission of, of, you know, helping people come to know God. And that, you know, at the church, we have to be so cautious that we don't become like the Pharisees. And we have a tendency to do just that. Um, it, it's not that, you know, we don't have good motive. It's just that we we can quickly move into that whole rule sort of zone and we, we miss the Holy Spirit working in us and, and being yielded to Him. And it, it causes us to not treat people the way that we need to in order to be consistent in our mission. So we started talking about that last week. I got this other meal that we're going to look at today. Just a moment, transition to... Uh, In intro to the rain thing, the transition. I don't really have a joke. I have a couple of statements. You weren't here for last week's joke. No, but you really should go watch it on the internet. It was... Celery is 95% water and 100% not pizza. (laughs) I told you it wasn't really a joke. It was... No matter how far you push the envelope, it is still stationary. (laughs) Okay. Scripture reading here on purpose. Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. (laughs) One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Uh, There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. And then he asked them, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner... Do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, I guess this is a great meal, um, and, and I wanna, I'm looking forward to really digging into it with you and talking about it, and what's going on. There's a lot happening in this meal uh, that I think is really important for us to talk about. First thing, first point your notes. First thing I want to talk about is apathy. Apathy. Apathy means a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. And that's what you're seeing here at this meal by the Pharisees, is that they, the apathy is what's taking place. So let's set it up a little bit. It's Saturday. It's the Jewish Sabbath. Jesus has been invited to dinner by one of the leaders among the Pharisees. And like I've said about Jesus, he goes, even knowing that these guys don't care for him much. Uh, but he goes because they ask him and he wants to go because he cares about people. He wants everyone to... He, he's, he extends the opportunity to enter the kingdom to everyone on the spectrum. And, and it's important to know. So he goes. Um, there, somewhere either outside or inside, um, is, a, is a man with dropsy. Um, dropsy is is an interesting condition what it means was he was swollen with an abnormal accumulation of fluid in his tissues and cavities of his body so um, uh, his appearance would have been not great um, sort of unpleasant um, if you would not people you know they they wouldn't have felt comfortable or pleasant around that and um, Jesus looks at him and he asks these Pharisees is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath. And so they don't say anything. And Jesus prays for this man. He invites the kingdom to come. And the man is healed. And now look what happens in verse 3 through 6. Jesus asked the Pharisees, an expert in law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? They remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he heals him and sent him away. Then he asked them, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on a Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. Now this is fascinating to me. So here was a guy with dropsy; um, he would have been, you know, like I said, swollen in his tissue. Jesus prays for him; he's healed. That's gone. He's healed, completely restored. The Pharisees have nothing to say. They don't. No response. Nothing. Not worship. You, you, you think might be a wow. No repentance. For their hardness of heart, absolute silence. And in their silence, I think Jesus just lets them sort of sit there in their silence. And he, he makes this comparison and he asks them, If your son or your donkey had fallen into a well, would you not go and rescue him? And see, here's, here's the thing that, that we need to be aware of. He's saying, listen, you, you, you scribes, you Pharisees, you have a very keen interest in your own welfare. And and when the law seems to stand between you and the safety of something that's valuable to you, your ox, your son, you have no difficulty at that point rationalizing the law. The preservation of your own comfort is clearly a higher commitment to you than the rigorous Sabbath keeping. But when it comes to another person's need, whose illness is absolutely no skin off your nose, then the law becomes conveniently rigid to protect you from your involvement. He just calls them right on the carpet. See, that's what happens. That's what we have to be careful of. The church will do that all the time. We, we, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll sort of bend things around to what works for us, but we'll get rigid on the things that we, we don't really want to deal with or whatever, and we miss the whole point of what's taking place. And it's happening. So Jesus just calls him on it. Remember now, these guys the Pharisees have an idea that Jesus is who he says he is. That's why they ultimately want to kill him. They they get that he's he's doing miracles, and they that that you know they they tried, they floated the whole argument by him, Well, you're from the devil, and he shoots that one down. It's not that they don't think he hasn't come from God, they just don't like the package. Talk about taking you know, because they don't want to deal with themselves at all, but here they have in their midst Messiah who heals this guy of dropsy on the spot and they have, they have nothing to stay because they're stuck in their law keeping and yet if it was um, on them to go and rescue a donkey or something they would do that because it works for them at that point point. and see that's what we have to be careful of that's the, you know, we, we talk about this it's constantly looking at are we becoming like this in, in the way that we relate in the world. And see what happens. And he gets it. He's so, Jesus is so cool with this. Uh, two. So, so he. The apathy is the situation. And now he's going to tell them how that's worked its way into their lives. Point two. Because they're seeking the praise of men. They're seeking the praise of men. Because, you know, their silence comes from this. Verse seven. He says. So they were watching Jesus. Jesus was watching them. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table. So remember I've told you, when they have a meal, they, they would recline left elbow, feet away from the table. The best spots would be around the host and in the, in the really good spots. They were kind of, you know, working their way to get to the best spots at the table, the positions of honor. And that's all they care about. And so they don't care about this guy with dropsy that's sort of moving them away from what really matters. Um, they want to be thought highly of. They don't have time to deal with this, this guy. Um, they're blinded and hardened, in effect, by their, their desire to be self-exalted. Um, they they want to be seen as something in the sight of other people. And so they're so caught up in the approval of, of other people that they, they can't see how much more there is to life in, in moving out of that into you know, doing what we're called to do and be a blessing to other people. And so, so Jesus has been watching this go on. You know, I like the fact that Jesus watches these things. I don't know about you, but um, so Jesus watching, you know, and, and you, know, you know what he's looking for? He, it's not about how they're dressed. It's not about where they're from. It's not about what they do for a living. He's looking for what they love. That's what Je- that's, so Jesus wants people to come into relationship with him. And so what Jesus is looking for is to figure out where your treasure is. Do you know why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Bible says that in Matthew six twenty one. where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what Jesus wants is your heart. That's what he wants. He's not attacking these guys to... He's, he's wanting their hearts in relationship with him forever. He's offering the kingdom to them, but he has to get at the root of the problem to give them an opportunity to change and repent. They're apathetic. They don't care about anything and, uh, except seeking the praise of men. And, and so that's what they love. So that this is what Jesus tells them in verse 10. He, because he gets what their problem is. When you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he'll say to you, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. So, see, one of the, the cravings of our, our, our sort of sinful human heart is, is this, this supposed pleasure of being exalted by the importance of the people we know and the people we spend time with. There's something that's sort of um, inappropriately significant about that in our lives and and wanting to be noticed. And what happens is, if that becomes the most important thing to us, it makes us indifferent to people that we consider unimportant. That's a big deal. So we somehow we can shift from from just wanting to be sort of recognized by the people we consider important and we start treating people that we consider unimportant differently. And we again, sure, we have to be so careful of that because that will slip on us without us realizing that it's happened. And actually, there's a connection between the, the first part of, of Luke 14 and the second part, apathy towards uh, the man with dropsy, and, and craving for the best seat at the feast um, because what happens is this craving for our own honor this self-exaltation or trying to get something uh, out of that it, it really blinds us to the beauty of people's potential and we don't get to see people the way that we should we don't get to see people the way that God does which is really what we're after um, in this life is is you know as as people who understand how amazing it is what He has done for us at the cross and given us life that our heart responds then is whatever it is that you want, and and his heart is is for people to come to know him. He demonstrates this time after time after time. It's what he's doing at these meals, even when he's saying these hard things to the Pharisees. It's what he's doing with them. And see, what we have to be careful of is that it's a third point, by the way, is the law of reciprocity, and and the reason that this is an issue is this culturally. Um, And and there's some measure in our culture where this is important. Reciprocity means if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And it's kind of the way a lot of things work Um, in in the world. It keeps things going. Um, But let me read you this verse in Luke 14, 12 through 14. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers or relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back so you'll be repaid. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, people will look at that and think, what does that mean I can't have my friends over to dinner? Of course not. That's not what it means. Um, Jesus is making a point. What's the point? He's saying to this guy who invited him, listen, here's what you and your friends have done you've devoted your life into this mutual admiration society of having each other all the time over and just spending time with each other. And, and when you get together, all you really care about is getting the most attention. That's become the goal, is getting together and seeing if you can get the attention of all these people. And, and the result is that the, the life becomes one of this self-exaltation, self-righteousness, and ultimately an indifference to the lost, to people that we consider unimportant. Who cares about those people? They're not, I don't care about it. I just just want to feel, you know, in this group like I matter and that's what we're going to spend all our time doing. And it it keeps us then from ever getting involved in the mission that we're called to as a people. So you got to remember the church is here to be a missional people. We, We have a mission. It's lost. It's what Jesus is doing all the time. And yet he's saying to the Pharisees who were sort of the, the people at that point in time that were supposed to be doing that, who had completely walked away from it. You guys are completely missing this. Here's what you need to do. Change change that. Quit just getting together and that's all you do to build one another up. You need to start looking outside of that so that you can have an impact on the world. It doesn't mean that we can't get together with friends because that's silly. Of course we can. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. It just can't be that you get so... Exclusive in your life that there's no room for people that aren't in your immediate circle And that's really important that we get And, and what happens is, is that law of reciprocity is in play and, and yet as people of the kingdom we have a completely different standard Most of you will know the standard the minute I read it, it has a name Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you For this sums up the law and the prophets most of you will know that verse as the golden rule. And, and see, that's different than the law of reciprocity. Um, the golden rule is we're going to treat people the way we want to be treated. We're not just going to treat them the way they treat us. It's a completely different scenario. And it, it changes the way that you look at the world and the way that you deal with people. Uh, and so what you have to figure out is how do I want to be treated in every situation? And that's how I'm going to treat people. It's not going to be based on, let me see how they treat me and then I will treat them back. It doesn't work that way. So, so as people of the kingdom, we're to be those that initiate love, not just respond to it. We're to be, we're to be kind to everyone, not just to the people that are kind to us. And, and that is a completely different concept than what most of us understand and what most of us have dealt with our entire lives. And, and so, so the thing is, we've got to treat people right regardless of how they treat us. And that's what Jesus is saying to these people. You need to treat these people that you consider unimportant unimportant, as valuable as you would if your own son or ox had fallen into a well. When you see people that need the kingdom of God, who, who need the, the touch and the love of God, you need to respond to that and not just get caught up in this, this whole deal that you're in. And so again, as a church, we, we see you know, our, our, our need to impact the world around us by loving them well. And by being a people of of the golden rule and not the law of reciprocity, and and so you know what I hope you see in that with Jesus is how much he loves people, and and even in this thing he's he's not chasing after the Pharisees. He's trying to get them to see where they're missing it, so they can repent and come into it. That's what Jesus does with all of us. He he looks for where our treasure is, so he can get our heart. That's all he's doing with them, and and you know. Unfortunately, not many of them will respond, but some will. You know, guys like Nicodemus will get this uh, at, towards the end of his life, as we've talked about in the past. Some of them will get it, some won't. But, but that's the way it is with people. So, so always look for opportunities to be kind and to bless and to encourage and to treat people the way you want to be treated, even if they don't treat you back that way. And, and, uh, and you just keep responding in, in the kindness that uh, you want to have poured out to you. That's what we're called to do, and that's what that looks like. And that's where I'm going to stop today. If you're watching my video, thank you so much. Appreciate you doing that. Look forward to seeing you next time you get here. Prayer site. You can go to the website if you need prayer. And uh, we'd be happy to pray for you. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon.